Welcome to the Cowie Baptist Church podcast. To learn more about Cowie, including in our gathering times, visit us online at cowie.church. Enjoy the message. Hey Amen. Good morning, church. You'll see some uh, continued scrolling there of some pictures of Rancho, a little video as we traveled in. And uh, Pastor Irving uh, was the, the young man in the, the video there. And uh, just an incredible encouragement to us. A couple of other uh, pastors that we were able to work with and, and young men that uh, have come to faith in Christ in Rancho, continue to live there, uh, and lives have been transformed by the gospel. They've gone from, from begging, uh, from stealing, from uh, surviving in that way, uh, to being pastors and proclaiming the word of God, and, and just an incredible blessing uh, to be there. And as you heard from uh, our students this morning, and as we heard uh, this morning, uh, one of our senior saints shared her testimony in our early service of just being there, and uh, Miss Jean Davis, who uh, is one of our senior saints who's been battling cancer, and, uh, and she just challenged my heart being there, like watching her, like it's easy for some of us young guys in, in a lot of ways to go and, and, and be on mission and proclaim the good news of the gospel, uh, but man, I want to be like her and finish well one day, right, and still just be... Uh, you know, and, until Jesus comes back, as, as Irvin said, it's not done until he comes back and we've got work uh, to do. And, and so just had been incredibly encouraged, incredible team, uh, just a, an incredible group of students and adults. And as they shared, there's something about uh, being among a people who have so very little and seeing how much they have and how rich they are in Christ. And it challenges our heart and really when you're around them, you figure out that they found the secret, the secret to being content. And it's been interesting that as we've been walking through the book of Philippians, here we are, week 15, Philippians chapter four, verse 10 to 13, where Paul is going to tell us a secret. He's going to let us see the secret. And so today we're going to be walking through that passage in a message titled, It's a Secret, Tell Everybody. Now this secret, it's a secret that really we're all searching for. People everywhere, they're searching for this secret. And it seems, especially in our culture, to be so difficult to find. It seems to be so difficult for people to experience the secret that uh, you could have green grass wherever you're at today. The secret that, uh, that would allow us to be content regardless of our circumstances. You know, we hear that word content. And I wonder, when you think about those people that are around you, would you describe them as content, satisfied? Would that describe the people that you know? And don't answer this question out loud, but would that describe you this morning? And what we see very quickly is there's very little that impacts us as much as being around someone who has found the secret, who has learned the secret to this joy and this contentment and this peace that can found, be found only in Christ. As we look at this passage today, I'm going to go ahead and give you kind of the end from the beginning, right? The target statement, the thing that we're, we're going to see in this passage is that the greater our dependence on Christ the less our dependence will be on other things and therein lies the secret to real contentment. 
Let's read this passage together and then we're going to jump in uh, this morning. If you'll stand with me in honor of the reading of the Word of God, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 to 13. Beginning in verse 10, the scripture says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, of both of having abundance and suffering need. And here's the secret, verse 13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Will you pray with me this morning? Father, we are so grateful for your love for us. God, for, for a love that reaches to the very ends of the earth. God, that while we were yet sinners, you, you died for us. And God, in this culture that we live in, Lord, we search so much to find fulfillment and satisfaction. Lord, the enemy lies and, and gives us this thought that we can find it outside of you in the things of this world, in relationships outside of you. But God, I pray today, Lord, that you would help us to see that true contentment only comes in dependence on you and in relationship with you. And God, I pray that you would help us. God, that you would do a work in us, Lord, that would change us from the inside out. God, I pray that if there's anyone here that has never experienced the joy of being in relationship with you, that today, God, in the power of your Holy Spirit, that you might allow them to hear and see God, the, the truth of the gospel, Lord, and your great love for us. And Lord, that they might be uh, willing to surrender their life to you and turn in repentance and faith. And Lord, that beginning this day, Lord, everything would change. Father, we love you. We thank you for loving us. And we pray and ask for your blessing. God, help illuminate. God, we pray that, that you would just allow us, Lord, to see the truth of your word. And God, that that you would accomplish all that you've sent it forth to do. God, we love you and we thank you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated uh, this morning. Now, we want to we wanna lean in here, but we want to pick up first in context. And so when you read the scriptures, and I hope that uh, that's a daily part of your life, and, and I hope that uh, your, your habit is not just this kind of random, I'm going to uh, hear a verse, there a verse, everywhere a verse, a verse. That's because here's the thing, right? See, context is king. And, and I want you to remember that, right? Context is king. And so when we read the scriptures, when we lean into the word of God, there's a reason that we've been walking through the book of Philippians for 15 weeks. We want to engage in the full counsel of the word of God, and we want to be in context. And, and what we see in, in this passage, and just this reminder as we lean in this morning, that, that this church at Philippi, they have sent this, uh, this, this substantial gift to the Apostle Paul. Uh, remember, he is uh, in house arrest in Rome, and they have, have sent him this gift. And when he is in house arrest, he is responsible uh, for his rent. He is responsible for his food. He is responsible for those things. And if he does not have money for those things, uh, he would find himself in conditions that would be much worse. He would find himself in a dungeon. He might find himself uh, living off the slop that would be fed to him. And so when he receives this gift, 
Like this is a big deal to him. It meant a bunch to him. So they, they had sent this gift. Now there was a, a man in the church at Philippi named Epaphroditus and they had, he, had, he had been sent on a mission trip, right? He had been sent uh, to deliver uh, this gift and this financial help uh, to the apostle Paul. Now understand that, that he has had a hard trip. It is 800 miles from Philippi to Rome. Now, now we went about 1,290-something miles, I think, by plane from Atlanta to San Pedro Sula, Honduras. But I want you to understand, those 800 miles for Epaphroditus wasn't with no airplane, right? He, he was in a, a different dynamic. And what we know uh, about him is that he almost died getting this gift to Paul. He, he almost died getting this money and now he's, he's uh, recovered enough to be able to travel back home. And so Paul is going to send him with this letter and he's going to allow uh, them to, to hear of his gratitude. And so he's at the end of this letter and he's in, in these last verses before Paul signs off, he's going uh, to, to give them a few lines that are going to thank them uh, for this gift. And, and in these lines and in these verses, we're going to see that not only does he thank him for this gift, but he gives them and he gives to us a gift that if we can grasp and, and if we can learn from, that it can change everything in our lives, that we can walk in this morning discontent with the things that we have and, and, and torn all around. And if we can learn the secret that Paul's going to share, we can leave with a peace that passes all understanding. He's going to give us some truths. We're going to see three things that I want to point out uh, in these verses. Uh, the first thing, the point number one this morning is that we need to connect with people and care practically. Look at verse 10 with me again. If you're following along in the sermon in the uh, Cowie app, you'll find uh, these points and verses there. But uh, connect with people and care practically. Paul says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. That now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Now, when Paul says he's pleased that they've revived their concern for him, he is very excited. He's very thankful for that. And the word that he uses for revived, it's, a, it's an agricultural term. It's this picture of, of, of a perennial blooming. It's this picture of a, a flower that blooms year after year. Like when we plant those flowers at our house, we want those perennials, right? A lot of times, we don't have to plant them every year. Like every year, there's these blossoms that come and these blooms that come back. And something in their uh, connection or in the, the ability that the Philippian church had uh, to, to help the Apostle Paul and to send money to him, uh, there had been a, uh, an interruption in this pattern. And Paul wants him to understand, he recognizes that they were still concerned. He says, you've revived your concern. And then he says, well, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. And, and maybe they went through a time where financially uh, they were unable to do that. Maybe they just lost connection with Paul. Maybe they didn't know where he was for part of that time. I mean, they didn't have Facebook where there's a status like checked in here. Like, you know, they didn't have that. He didn't have, you know, send a text. Hey, kind of found myself in a mess over here in Rome. Like he didn't have that kind of stuff. But when they got word and they sent 
present this gift. It, it is so exciting, Paul. And it says he rejoiced in the Lord greatly. He wants them to understand. Uh, like you think about when you see kids receive a gift, right? And, and there, there's this joy that's in there. And they're, they're lit up and they're thankful. And Paul says, hey, I want you to understand I am so grateful for these things. And, and we saw that this week. Those people in Honduras, many of you brought, brought items that we took there, cleats that these kids uh, received. Uh, we had uh, dresses that you, you saw in a picture where all the kids had gotten new dresses and they got these dresses and immediately these old kindergartners are putting on those dresses. We gave the boys some underwear. Immediately, this little boy, like he's putting on his drawers over his clothes, right? He's ready for his picture, right? I mean, he's, they're so excited. Like they were rejoicing. The, the missionaries that were there, the pastors that were there, when they saw us, I mean, it was just like this, this joy that they had, such an impact. You are here. We're so glad you are here. They were so glad to see us. And right, we, we want to connect with people. We want to care practically. We say we're a church that loves God, loves people, and puts that love in action. We, we need to be people that are connected with other believers, and we're caring practically for them. There's something joyful about that. There's this beautiful peace that's happening. But, but it wasn't that Paul was speaking from lack. He wants them to understand that, that, that whether this gift had come or not, he doesn't want them to think that his joy is dependent on this gift arriving in this moment. He's like, I rejoice greatly. It's been a blessing, but I want you to understand I'm not speaking from lack. It's the same way with, with these pastors that were in Honduras. What a joy that they had in seeing us, but their joy did not rest on the reality that I'm going to walk in uh, that door that day. The, 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 their joy was not uh, dependent upon the circumstances or the things that were there. They had a, a peace that was way beyond the circumstances that they were in. And Paul says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, but his joy is not dependent on them. So we connect with people and care practically, and, and we need to learn, number two, point number two, we need to learn the secret of contentment promptly. Because here's the truth, and young people, if you lean in during this time, the sooner that you learn the secret, the better off your life is going to be, the more joy that you're going to experience, the more uh, peace that you're going to have. We need to learn the secret of contentment promptly. Paul says, not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means. I know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. Paul says, I have learned to be content. And this is good news. Now, now number one, we're going to see this is not a gift. Paul, at his conversion, didn't receive this gift that says, now you are perfectly content. And I don't know about you, when I, when I surrendered my life to Christ and I, I placed my faith and trust in Jesus Christ and God saved me, like all of a sudden, I didn't become perfectly content, right? There was a transformation, there was a joy, there was a change. But listen, I still, the enemy would still place things in front of us and we would still try to find joy from things outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ. And what we see is this is learned. Paul learned it. And what comes natural to us is grumbling and complaining. That's what comes natural. What comes natural to us is what some people might be experiencing in our children's wing right, right now. Like kids learn some words. They learn some words early, right? We try to compete, dad, dad, mama. We're trying to get them to, you know, and we're, we're doing all that. And finally they say, mama, right? And we're so happy, little junior. It said mama, and he is the sweetest little thing in the world. And, we're all, and then they learn another word that starts with M, mine. Yeah, like you go in the children's ring right now, they are playing with toys that belong to Jesus, okay? And here's what happens, right? They pick those toys up. 
and they hold on to them for a minute and you ask them to share and, and what's the first word coming out of their mouth? Mine, right? It was a precious little girl. We uh, were hosting uh, the girls, and, and we, uh, they came in on this bus, and this precious little girl, you'll see her picture uh, up here on the screen, this, this precious Eliani, she, uh, she saw me as she came off the bus, and immediately she ran and got my hand, and I began to walk with her, and we began to hang out, and we went in and, and did this uh, activity together, and some of the kids were going to play soccer and some of them had an opportunity to do beads and kind of make bracelets. And she wanted to make bracelets. And so uh, she's got my little hand and I'm, I'm making bracelets. It's like 140 outside anyway. This is, this is probably safer for me anyway, right? So I'm, so I'm making bracelets and we're just having a great time and she is just precious. And then, you know, this other little girl comes up and this other little girl, and I've got this little app. Uh, that I found on my phone and it kind of helped with some of my language issues and I could click a button and speak into it and then I could hold it up to her ear and it would speak in Spanish to her and then she would speak uh, into the phone in, in Spanish and I would hold it up to my ear and it would say it in English and so this little girl comes up and she tells me, she says, I want you to go with me and help me make a bracelet and this little girl, she's making her beads and all of a sudden she grabs my phone, takes it away, hits the little Spanish button on there, speaks into the phone and I hear He's mine. I found him first. And so. So we learn these words, right? Like mine, right? And then it doesn't take very long as kids. We learn another word. And we learn it as adults too, right? We, we learn it. It's more. And we live in a culture that everything around us is declaring that what you'll find satisfaction in is more. You know, Jean shared in her testimony, I encourage you to go and watch the, the YouTube from our early service this morning and, and, and just scoot up to her part and listen to her story. And man, challenging words. She said, you know, sometimes she said, we find idols in things and people and boats and toys and comfort and all the things that are there. And we say, she said, I was, in, I was 70 years old and retired when I went on my first mission trip. And she said, I always had excuses. And she said, we have those excuses. We have those things. But, but what we understand is that this desire that we have for more and the, the enemy is putting those things in front of us and saying, if we just have that, then we will be satisfied, that we'll find contentment. And what we understand is it's never enough. It's never enough. We're always looking for more. We're always doing those things. But Paul says, I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances. I mean, and it all boils down to this verse. And it's a favorite for many of you uh, in this room. It is a most popular verse that, that, that many people know. And many of you know it. It's Philippians 4.13. And I'm so glad that it's already in our heart because it's going to have special meaning, right? It's going to be something that, that we lean on in our lives. And, and the apostle Paul says, everything leans on this. And he says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. What a joyous verse, right? And it's a favorite verse. I asked one of the young guys uh, in Honduras. He was uh, just kind of newly being trained as a leader. And I asked him, I, I would have these conversations. I'll, I'll show you my little app uh, shot of that so you can kind of see what that looks like. And so I asked him how old he is. And he tells me, and I can get that without the app's help. And so we, we get that part. And I said, do you have a favorite story from the Bible? I'm just trying to shift to a little bit of, you know, spiritual conversation and kind of connect there. You got a favorite story from the Bible? And he says, Philippians 4. 413, which the app said, Philly Beats 413. But I, I can translate that. Like, it could only get it so much, right? But I thought, 
man, how incredible that we're going to be preaching and, and leaning in and looking here. And I said, what's your favorite verse? Philly Beach 4.13. Everything that strengthens me, right? And, and, and he says, listen, he said, it, it lets me surrender and always fight and go to head. And I don't know exactly what he meant with all that. Some of the stuff in translation can be there. But here's this thing. It's this most popular verse. We wear it on T-shirts. We, we, we think, you know what? We, we have it. it. It's associated with all kinds of sporting events. And we say, you know, I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, you know, if I wear this t-shirt that says Philippians 4.13 and I get a basketball here after a while and we go outside and that goal is at regulation height, it doesn't matter how many times I chant Philippians 4.13, I'm probably not going to do a little Air Jordan dunk out there uh, after a while, right? But somehow that's how we treat this verse. And we use it in these kind of moments, but Paul, that wasn't what he was writing about, right? It's one of the most misunderstood verses in all the scripture. And we, we take it and we say, I can do all things. It becomes all about us. And, and here's the thing. It's not about a football game. It's not about a race. It's a verse that is about our King of kings and Lord of lords. It is a verse that is about God. And we have taken it and we've made it all about us. We've made it all about us. I'm so glad you memorized it. But here's what this verse is. It is nothing about us. It is a declaration about how great our God is. It is, it is a verse that declares who God is. Philippians 3, we're called to run. We're called to press on. And this race, this life that we live, it is going to be filled with highs and lows. It's going to be filled with hills and valleys and ups and downs. It is going to be difficult at times. And, and in the context of this time, the Stoics that would have been present, they were, were so uh, proud and, and they, they prided themselves in being independent of everything. They, they would say that they were content and they had need of nothing from outside. They had need of no one. They had need of nothing. And, and they were so proud of those things. And, and here when Paul would write this, Paul was not saying that he was content in himself, but he was writing and saying, I am satisfied and I am content, not because I'm independent, but because I'm totally dependent on Jesus. And here's the truth. The greater our dependence on Christ, the less our contentment will depend on anything else. Because here's the truth. At times, all of us in this room, we'll have times of, of abundance, times of, of prosperity, and, and you can always play the comparison game, and that's what the world wants you to do. And, and, and if you were to ask every person in this room, you know, how much would it take for you to be rich? All of you would say a little more than, than what you have now, right? We would say those kind of things. We get in a country like Honduras, and we see how blessed that we really are. And all of us will have moments where, and all of us, we really are experiencing abundance when it comes to those things, when we compare ourselves to the rest of the world. When, when the scripture's right, I charge those who are rich in this present world, we've been confused thinking that God was talking to other people, but he's been talking to us. He's been talking to us. And, and we're going to have times where we experience abundance, but here's the other truth. We're going to have times that we suffer incredible loss. We're going to have times that we 
walk through devastating hardships. We're going to have times where we go through difficult things. But if Christ is central in our life, even in the midst of those things, we can experience contentment. We can experience joy. Joy and suffering can exist. Joy and sorrow can exist together. We grieve as a people when we experience loss, but we grieve with hope. We we experience Christ in those moments because here's the truth, both abundance and loss will pass, but Christ remains the same. We connect with people and care practically. We learn the secret of contentment promptly. And finally, point number three, we are strengthened in Christ powerfully. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul says, through Christ, who strengthens me? Christ in you. See, the scripture says that we are in Christ. Paul says we are in Christ and Christ is in us. In the Greek, in the, in the wording of this text, I'm not gonna go into it much for, for sake of time, but in, in the Greek, it points to this ongoing action where Christ continues day by day to give us strength. We are dependent on him. We are resting on him. We are trusting in the midst of the brokenness of this world that God is good and, and that, that in the midst of that, that he is sovereign and that we trust in the midst of whatever we are facing that he is with us. And Paul, see, Paul has found the secret. He gets us, he is united to the source of his strength. He is united to the source of his strength. Romans 6, 5 says, if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Child of God, hear me this morning. Your future, it rests in him. Child of God, our future rests in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Our future rests in him. And if you have repented of your sins and believed by faith and trusted that what Jesus did on that cross, that it counted for you. When you look to that cross and you say what Jesus did, it counted for me. You repent of your sins and place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You are in Christ and Christ is in you. The highs, the lows, they will come but you are not dependent on them. You are dependent on Christ because you are united to the source of your strength. And the good news is, church, we can learn this contentment. We can experience this contentment. You know, Paul says earlier in this chapter, as we've been walking through that, he says, don't be anxious about anything. Just don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding would guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We read those words and, and what we see is they're experiencing this peace, this contentment, this joy, this joy that comes outside of them, a joy that comes only from the Lord. They're experiencing this joy. And Paul says, I've learned the secret of being content in times of abundance. And could it be that it's harder for us in times of abundance? Like Riley read the verse. Could it be that it's harder for us in times of abundance and having so many things to experience contentment than it is for some of our brothers and sisters who have nothing but have figured out and they've found the secret that even though compared to us, they have nothing, they have everything. Corey Ten Boom would say something like this in a quote. She said, you don't realize that Jesus is all you need 
until Jesus is all you have. And we have this opportunity. We need to learn the secret promptly that our strength comes from Christ, that we live out of an overflow of relationship with Christ. The Apostle Paul would write in Galatians 2.20, he would say, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. United in Christ, Christ in us. And our prayer this morning is God help us to be content. Lord, help us to see. Lord, you've given us everything that we need. And here's, here's the truth. You're not going to be satisfied with what you get until you are satisfied with what you got. Oh, how our world would change if our eyes were not fixed on trying to accumulate just more and more and more and to be satisfied with things else. See, the enemy, he comes before us and he says, give me what you got. I'll give you something better. He comes to marriages and he says, you know what? That old wife you've been married to for this long or that husband you have, you could really find happiness if you'd go somewhere else. You could find happiness because the grass, the grass is greener somewhere else. Grass could be more you can find if you can just get that next thing you can find contentment and satisfaction as pastor ronnie reminded us last week we've got to renew our minds and remember what is true we've got to remember what is right and whatever is good we've got to think on those things we need a transformation you know as pastor Irvin shared in his testimony he said we didn't know but now we know we didn't believe, we didn't believe Jesus could love us, but now we do. And God has saved us and he is changing us and he is transforming our community and our lives and our families. I want you to know this morning, if you've never trusted in Jesus, if you've never looked to that cross and recognized that there's nothing that you could do to earn your way to heaven, there's nothing that you could do, there's nothing that you could attain that would give you peace and satisfaction, there's nothing... That, that we are created, the scripture says, with eternity in our hearts. We go through seasons, we go through all those things, and what we learn in all those is there is nothing that satisfies outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ, outside of a restored relationship with God. And if you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I invite you this morning to look to the cross and recognize that there's no satisfaction anywhere else that you can't earn it, that you couldn't deserve it, that there's nothing you could do to attain it, but that God in his mercy, that he loved us and he sent his son and Jesus. He lived a life that we couldn't live. You know, we sung all sufficient merit. If you're in Christ, the, merit, the work of the cross has been credited to you. The righteousness of Christ has been given to you. And we can be content knowing that we don't have to fear judgment, that we don't have to fear those things, that Christ has paid it all. If you've never trusted him, I pray this morning that you would turn from your sin. You would look to that cross and you'd say, Jesus, what you did on that cross, it counted for me. And I believe, I trust you. He'll change it from the inside out. He'll make you new. He'll give you peace. He'll give you joy. He'll give you hope. Doesn't mean that life will be easy. It'll still be filled with the ups and downs and the highs and lows and hard moments and difficult moments. But 
you can be confident that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities or powers or wickedness, things in heaven, things on earth, nothing, nothing will separate you from the love of God. He will be with you and continually, if you will lean on him, he will strengthen you. He will give you strength for the good days, the bad days. You'll find a joy and a peace. Because here's the reality. The greater our dependence on Christ, the less our dependence will be on other things. And therein lies the secret to contentment. We are united with Christ. Our future rests in him. I want to invite you this morning. We're going we're gonna to worship and just praise our great God. Uh, we're going we're gonna to just have a, have a time where we can be uh, just reminded and, and celebrate all that Christ has done in our place. And during that time, uh, it may be that, uh, that you would like to, to come and pray. It may be that you would like one of our, our pastors or some of us to, to just pray with you. Uh, it may be, you know, just a few weeks ago, we, we carried some, some post-it notes to, uh, to this stage and we, we laid them down. We said, God, I trust you with this. Maybe some of us have tried to pick those things up. Maybe this morning, the weight and burdens that are on you, and you just need to, to lay those at his feet. If you've never trusted Christ, we pray this morning would be the day of salvation, that you would come and follow him, and that then you would walk and live in lives uh, just of obedience. Now, on August the 20th, just in a couple of weeks, we're going to be going to the river. We are going to be baptizing again, just following church that day, uh, and maybe... Uh, maybe that's your next step in following Christ. And this morning you need to say, you know what, I want to publicly uh, just declare my faith in Christ and be baptized. Just, just get this picture of us being united uh, in him. However God speaks to your heart, I pray this morning that you'll just be obedient as we worship uh, him in spirit and in truth. Uh, will you stand with me this morning? Father, we pray, God, for your, for your will to be done in these moments. God, we pray, Lord, that as we worship you, God, our hearts would just be centered on you. God, that you would do what only you can do in our lives. Lord, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.